Hello folks and welcome to another edition of Variable Depostulate Ensemble Projects. This is your friendly neighborhood studio man, Nick Drawsoff, welcoming you to another fascinating show. In my continuing series discussing the EVI, or Electronic Valve Instrument, I am speaking with trumpeter, flugelhorn player, composer, producer, middle school band director, and EV expert, James Ingenito. Jim can shed more light on this unique instrument and how it can help trumpeters or any valve instrument players, new phone name of French horn, for example, to adapt and survive in the 21st century. Before we get to the interview, let's hear James at work with his EV on this CD, Follow the Dream. Here's a track called L.A. Vibe.
folks, we've been listening to the music of James Jim, Jim Ingenito, and uh, listening to his tune. Oh, shoot. Let me start that again. Now, if my mother uh, heard you call me Jim, she'd be very upset. Okay, James. Okay. All right. All right. Let me start again. Folks, we've been listening to the music of James Ingenito, and in particularly, we've been listening to L.A. Vibe. And uh, I'm uh, on Zoom right now with James. Uh, James, man, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? I'm doing okay, considering that um, about the only thing I've done outside of, you know, of my house is to walk my dog <laughs> or go for a hike or something. No gigs, nothing. Snowing out there? Yeah, just a little bit, just enough to annoy everybody. Now, where exactly are you located? I'm in. I'm on Long Island, uh, okay. Nassau County, which is just outside the city. Yeah, yeah, we got about six inches here in Chicago. Uh, so I was out shoveling this morning, and it's still coming down. So I got another another uh, run of exercise in. But um, yeah, man, you're a you play trumpet, flugelhorn, and electronic valve instrument. That's been kind of a running theme for the last few weeks of my uh, little podcast here. And um, well, first of all, tell me about the tune "L.A. Vibe," and then. Tell us a little bit about uh, EV, electronic valve instrument. Oh, wow. Those are loaded questions, Nick. Um, (laughs) So so let's see. So the LA Vibe, I'm kind of infatuated with 70s fusion jazz. I I don't know. I don't know what it is. So if you listen to it, and if Tom Scott happens to ever listen to this, he'll know I probably ripped him off somewhere (laughs) in there because I love the music of Tom Scott. Yeah. And uh, I just tried, I'm a big melody person. So I just kind of wrote this thing with um, Tom Scott vibe in, in, in mind. And, you know, Tom Scott, an LA guy, I just, LA vibe, there you go. I, I wish I could come up with a better description of why I named it that. It works. And then uh, I, I chose, to, originally I was going to play the melody on flugelhorn. And um, I've been playing Evie for quite a while now. And uh, I just said, you know what? I'm going to play it on EV. And then I took the uh, the ad lib solo I took on Blue One. Okay, okay. Uh, James, what possessed you to pick up the EV as a double? Okay. Um, when I first came back to New York, uh, I was always playing like I I always had like a band, an original band playing my tunes, and I used to just play um, trumpet and flugelhorn, but I'd also have a keyboard set up in front of me. Mm-hmm. Well, one day, my friend uh, Eric, great saxophone player, also Winston Pioneer on uh, synthophone, he comes up to me, goes, you know, I have a, a trumpet way for you to play synthesizer. And I'm like, what? And then he explained to me the EV. And I, I remember first hearing it, of course, who didn't hear Michael Brecker for the first time. Yeah, yeah. You know, play it. And um, I forgot. It was his first impulse recording. I forget the name of the tune. And um, I should know that. Um, and I started, it was the old Akai version. Okay. So I, started, I started to play it and I was like, mm. and somehow I adapted to it very quickly. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I don't, I don't know how I, I just, for some reason it just appealed to me. Uh, unfortunately it became another horn to practice, but anyway, I'll get to that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, as you'll soon know the joy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But um, after a while, I just started building it in. After a while, I started leaving the keyboard at home. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. So um, I started triggering uh, since uh, comping on the Akai version. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, later on, when Niall Steiner uh, decided to make a uh, an updated version, a MIDI version, okay, uh, it became a lot easier to comp, play synth pads when I wasn't playing, you know, you know, flugelhorn or trumpet. And then all of a sudden I started writing for it. Okay. Like specifically, as opposed to, yeah, I think I'll play it on, on EV. I actually started writing it with the EV in mind. Uh, LA vibe is, is an, kind of an example of that. Okay. I decided to shift the focus on hearing it. See if I can hear it. It's a lot, you know, as a writer, you know, you, mm-hmm. you know, you write tunes. You, it's just, it's easier to focus like on a sound. Yeah. And, um, I started writing. Obviously, it has a. It's easier to jump to high notes on the EV sometimes <laughs> when, you, when you hear it up there. You know, flugelhorn yeah. for me is one thing because basically I just play flugelhorn now. And yeah. So you hear things. So I started hearing it, 
And uh, it's been an obsession uh, up until now. I have the latest version. Okay. Now, Evie first came out you know, like in the 70s, I think, on that sign or then the one. And yeah. then the Kai came out. It was kind of you know, tagging along with their Ewe. Um, then it disappeared. It seemed like it started, I was af- I was actually afraid when I decided I wanted to explore it myself. Uh, I was actually afraid that they were vanishing. Okay, yeah. And um, that's a great uh, point. And so I, uh, then the, this guy, Johan uh, Berglund, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Sweden picked up the the whole um, uh, torch and decided to run with it a bit. Do you think that maybe, and I ask this of everybody who, uh, every guest that I've had on um, who played the Eevee, the same kind of dumb question. Do you think that trumpet players? didn't embrace it as much as saxophone players embrace the Ewe because there's a little bit of an eagle thing there about, man, I, I'm, a, I'm a beast. I'm an athlete. I can hit the high notes. Uh, okay. Saxophone players just don't give a, give a hoot. <laughs> yeah, well, these are the great questions and stuff that stuff that I've had to encounter when there was the great Ewe, uh, Ewe, you know, when there wasn't any, I, you know, I was still playing them. I still had two of them. Um, mm-hmm. And I was still using them consistently. So people would ask me, I'd play them on gigs, club dates. I mean, I, heck, I went to the Berkeley School of Music and played. And yeah. I, I talked to the students afterwards. And you're right, the thing you say, trumpet players are so macho. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I was never a great, like, lead player anyway. So I was, so I wasn't as macho, you know, lead players. They could be macho. Yeah, I kind of am one. So right, you know, yeah, I'm, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying so, to get away from that. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes they would look at me like it was cheating of some kind. I wasn't using, I, I'm not a great emulator. I'd usually use it for synthesizer. Yeah. I use it for what it is. But they would say to me, is, it, is that like cheating? And I would say, I don't think of it that way. I think, is Chick Corea cheating when he's not playing acoustic piano? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Chip yeah. Reed, you know, also a great influence in terms of sound. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think so. I, to me, it was just another instrument. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, it gave me a, something else to do that most people weren't doing. Michael Brecker, I asked him a question. I, I, I had the fortune of meeting him several times. And I once asked him about the, you know, I mean, because obviously he loved it. Um, and I asked him, I said, you know, the Eevee just never caught on. And he said he gave Randy, his brother, yeah. a, a, an Eevee. And Randy just, he's like, I, I, I you know, I, I can't, it's not, he didn't blend with it right away. And yeah, yeah. Randy was probably busy enough, you know, the great Randy Brecker probably playing. Yeah. So I, I, I also, I think that's because of the, I mean, if you look at the fingerings, I mean, you've got all kind. you know, you've got six vowels, really. Yeah, four, yeah. You know, and... I, I just think you have to have a different mindset. So, yeah, yeah I caught some, I don't want to say I caught flack, but I didn't like it when uh, other trumpet players or other music, like, you know, eh, that's like a gimmick. To me, it wasn't a gimmick. It was an instrument. Well, uh, it kind of seems to me like it's their loss to uh, re- reject it in some way. Because I, I have come to the conclusion that this thing can really open up territory for a trumpet player particularly in the 21st century, you know, adapt yeah. and survive, you know, the things are, you know, technology is not going to go away. No. So use it and adapt to it. Um, now, uh, for our listeners who necessarily are not, not necessarily uh, trumpet geeks or um, nitty geeks who are just curious, a lot of my listeners are, uh, are students, uh, music education uh, majors and things like that. Uh, or maybe, um, just learning about you know survival in the music business. So uh, let me backpedal here a little bit. Um, there are seven basic fingerings for trumpet, and the uh, uh, you know the the lowest tritone is all that the EV uses, and then right. you use you use combinations of um, of a, a like a a chordal trigger that lowers it a fourth when they play it. Yeah, um, you know, like you can. I mean, obviously, like low Ds and C sharps are fingered. Yeah, you know, and the law, but there are like if I play a C, I can play a D like this. So if I'm like playing, so 
so you can use yeah. alternate fingerings on the yeah. top there to yeah. kind of get around it. Yeah, they'll, they'll, to, again, to our listeners who don't see this because uh, <laughs> this is the, an audio podcast, there are three pins next to the valves on the electronic valve instrument that are like inverted valves. So the first valve uh, lowers it a step, the first pin raises it a step. And right. so um, uh, it allows you to, uh, you know, the, this where you are in some ways limited by, um, uh, the uh, fingerings. You also have new fingerings. Uh, I'm kind of puzzled that Randy Brecker didn't take to it because a his brother was so accomplished with the uh, Iwi, and he Randy Brecker is always using a a Barkisberry pickup and all kinds of weird electronic yeah. stuff on his horn. Anyway, why not go for it? But yeah. at, at least that was the understanding that I got just from you know having my little time with Michael. Yeah, uh, yeah, that Randy never really, he never really, I mean, like I said, if you don't have time as a, the sax, here's the other reason, saxophone fingerings translate uh, a lot better on the Iwi mm. and on the, you know, they just translate better. Whereas this, they had to come up with the, you know, the, the left hand, you know, the can where you're turning in the half octave and octave yeah, yeah. to compensate, you know, the harmonics of a trumpet. You, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, yeah. I, it's intriguing how how it all functions. I can't wait to get my hands on one. And again, no. for our listeners, I uh, I have one in order. It was supposed to arrive yesterday, uh, but uh, USPS uh, is taking their time. It won't be here till tomorrow if I'm lucky. Uh, and they, I'm on. I'm on. The postal office. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, um, James, do you find that uh, practicing on the EV? Uh, Make and anyone makes it easier to develop your ideas when they go back to flugelhorn. <laughs> okay, so here's um, I, I was lucky, I studied with Donald Bird in the early now. I got my master's in jazz studies, and Donald knew everybody. So one day, Freddie Hubbard came into town, he was having shop problems at the time, yeah. But Freddie was talking with Donald, and I just happened to be having a lesson. And, and Freddie started talking about, you know, he's, as you know, he's a master of alternate fingerings. Yeah, yeah. So as we were just discussing, to get around on the EV, you have to know some alternate fingerings, especially if you're playing some, well, even jazz classical lines, whatever, to make it sound a little bit more natural. So what started happening was some of my alternate fingerings started transferring onto my flugelhorn or vice versa. It was a very, and I didn't realize it was happening because huh? it just started naturally happening. So some um, just fingerings, just lower, like uh, I'd, I'd be using one and three sometimes for uh, a fourth line D, a okay. lot of some jazz licks to uh-huh. make them smoother. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even realize it because what I like to do is um, after I spend my, I spend a lot of time warming up on a football one, but yeah, um, I like to go back with Abersolds. Uh-huh. The thing that helped me um, once I got basic command of it was to go back and forth, and it's good for your chops. You know, you you play a you play a tune on flugelhorn, you play a tune on Evie. you play uh-huh. a, you play some patterns, you see if they, what translates. Um, yeah. And I I really found that it helped some of my. Uh, my jazz licks in, in the upper register, believe it yeah. or not. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, the Eversols of the um, uh, is a jazz study method um, invented by Jamie Eversol, and they they use um, they have a lot of great backing tracks that you can practice with. They're just really a, a lot of fun and very instructive. Um, yeah. Um, now, in listening to music that you've recorded with uh, on their album uh, called "Follow the Dream," I believe, and um, um, I hear big horn section things in, pl- in places like that. Um, tell yeah. me about that. <laughs> well, uh, not so much on uh, the, the the first tune, LA, but but on the the next tune, uh, the follow the dream. Um, I'll just tell you how it was recorded, <laughs> and maybe that'll sure. We, re- we recorded it was Evie, saxophone, uh, and rhythm section, uh, guitar, bass, drums. Okay, all live. And originally the intention was to get the bass and the drums sounding good, a live feel. Yeah. Well, what happened is we just, we liked the whole everybody's take and it had, it had a pretty good energy. It wasn't perfect, Yeah. but it had a good energy and we decided to keep it. 
So afterwards, you know, I write a lot of big band charts. So I'm thinking, I, I really want to write some horn backing tracks to what we recorded. Okay. So I, I wrote um, trumpet, flugelhorn, two flugelhorns. But there is wind synthesizer in that horn section. Okay. I was wondering. Uh, yeah. By, uh, I, I, you know, sample libraries, uh, sample modeling, uh, uh -huh. some great stuff that, well, we, we, we can discuss it at another yeah. time where um, my friend Eric, uh, whose code name is RoboSax, brilliant, because <laughs> he plays a synthophone. Have you ever seen a synthophone? No, no. It gutted out Yamaha, uh, Martin Herney, another okay. pioneer. It's a gutted out Yamaha Alto with MIDI. It's incredible. Oh, I think I've seen one of these. Yeah, things. yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. So Eric and I went in and I recorded some acoustic horns. Then he played um, a French horn using his, and a trombone sound uh, on the wind synth. So it was acoustic. We call it the Electro Acoustic Orchestra. Okay. You know, mockingly. And uh, I wrote a line, things that just went with it. And uh, so we recorded that live afterwards, you know, part by part, just the two of us. Oh, wow. Wow. So it's, um, it's real saxophone, but maybe uh, synthesize uh, other horns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Well, that was Follow the Dream. Folks, let's give a listen to Follow the Dream.
James, do you do your own recordings or did you go into a studio to do this project? Okay, so <laughs> follow the dream. Uh, we recorded it a lot in the bass player's basement with, uh, where he had great acoustics and we could get separation. Uh, we just decided to do it on our own uh, for the most part. I had yeah. an engineer, thank goodness, because mixing is a, as you know, is a is an animal that it's a big big job frequencies and all that. After a while, I start getting a rash, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but I'm proud to say that we mic the drums on our own. Okay. And we were able to, through experimentation, we were able to get a good sound. And uh, so we recorded the live rhythm section um, in the basement. And uh, we overdubbed guitar on certain tunes uh, and then overdubbed flugelhorn. I had to overdub because otherwise it was going to bleed. So on, depending on the tune on the album, you know, we accommodate. It was just kind of like a piecemeal. So part yeah. of the fun of recording the whole thing was coming up with ways to do it. And uh -huh. then I, I, I did it in Logic, and um, and then I just turned the tracks over to the engineer. And he, uh, I asked him if he had a he had a concept of the old CTI recordings. Okay, like covered and uh, Tom Scott. It's a great mix and a great stereo spread. I really so, like it. So yeah. he understood the genre I was kind of going for. Yeah, yeah. Um, it seems to be kind of the the way of the the way of things right now that everybody's kind of you know DIY, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, in a lot of ways, I really think that it's going to help uh, level the playing field as musicians try to uh, survive in the twenty first century. Now, um, I, I see from your website that you're a teacher. Um, you, uh, so um, tell us a little bit about that experience. What do you teach? Uh, well, I've been a middle school, high school band teacher for cool. 20, 24 years. Oh, wow. Uh, I, I actually came into teaching a little bit later. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm just a musician. I, uh, and, a, and a, for saxophone playing, who's still my friend, a uh, great jazz tenor, he said to me one day, he goes, you'd make a good teacher. <laughs> and I looked at him and I was like, you sound like my father because <laughs> I got two jazz performance degrees and my God rest my father's soul. Yeah. He followed me on blind faith and let me get the degrees and uh, study with the people I was fortunate enough to study with. And then I was just playing for a living. Yeah. But after, but after a while, a funny thing happened. I, uh, I started doing so many gigs to, to pay the bills that I wasn't doing any of my own music or the stuff, the creative stuff that I set out to do. So uh -huh, uh -huh. he made the comment. I went and got a teaching degree. And who knows? I'm still corrupting minds as, as we speak today. <laughs> um, and I'm lucky. I, I, I love my teaching game and my kids are great. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but um, have you been at the same school for all 24 years? Yeah. Oh, wow. Congratulations. But, but it's enabled me to, um, to you know, we talked to Evie, uh, it's enabled me to like I conduct all county jazz bands. You know, I'll uh -huh. get invited, and they see that um, oh wow, this is a teacher that you know he's trying to do things, uh -huh. Uh -huh. trying to do things. Yeah. Um, so I've been fortunate enough to do all county bands in Florida here. You know, yeah. It's, yeah. it's nice. And I play. They always ask me to play an Evie tune. Okay, I'm I was going to ask you. Uh huh. Uh -huh. Yeah, I love the fact that uh, Jack Kramer, who was my first guest with the Evie. Love to call it the bug sprayer. Yes. <laughs> well, they call it, now they call it the vape. Oh my! <laughs> that's, that's pretty funny because uh, yeah. uh, you know the multicolor now. They're not yes. <laughs> and Johan will make it in any color you want. I asked for motorcycle blue on the second one, and uh, <laughs> I showed him a picture of a motorcycle that was well. Obviously, you can see it, but you can. Yeah. It's yeah. blue and black yeah. with a black yeah. top and the blue light. And he, I showed him the motorcycle, and sure enough, he in a couple of days he set out the color for me. I was like, oh my goodness, that is just terrific. Now I I've been uh, since I'm embracing this myself. Now I've been scrounging around on YouTube and and uh, the internet to find out more information, you know, tutorials, whatever I can find, because uh, it's a complex instrument to learn how to manage. And um, uh, I I see you turning up in there, and you were a beta tester for Johann Berglund. 
Yeah, I um, he um, <laughs> I'll tell you, I don't know if you've met Steve Anderson yet. Steve, Steve is no. a he's a EV player, excellent player in um, New Jersey, and he was trying to start some kind of movement to get the EV somebody to take it over. Yeah, yeah. And um, somehow I contacted him when I saw him up to something, and he said he just got a hold of a guy in Sweden, you know, yeah. Johan. And uh, he, so the, I got involved in this three-man conversation. So um, I think Steve recommended me to be one of the beta testers. <laughs> so as the story goes, um, I think Steve intended to get the first one in, in the in the world. Okay. But, but thanks to the Postal Service, <laughs> I, I think I, you know, it got to New York before he got to him. So I did get it a couple of days before him. So. Uh, if he's if he does listen to this, and I'm sure he will at some point. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry Steve, I'm number one. Um, and uh, so I, I took a great responsibility here to like test it and play it. And the great thing about it, it's so it's it's a lot more updated. There's an LED on the bottom. It's a lot more easy to program and understand. Uh-huh. So what Johan did was he um, he set up a Skype uh, meeting. Yeah, and uh, he obviously he wanted me to play. So the first thing I started doing was I just started showing him articulations, what I was interpreting, what could be better, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I started playing some pentatonic, uh, you know, some jazz licks, whatever. So then it, I started playing Round Midnight, you know, the, I, okay. I figured a ballad. So I started playing Round Midnight and right about, I was at the bridge somewhere and I remember looking up at the Skype and I, I think he was very emotional <laughs> and I'm thinking, I, I'm like, oh my goodness, I, am I offending him? Did I just destroy? Am I playing badly? Like I didn't know because I was so in awe of the instrument. And I'm thinking, oh no, I've just offended this man. Uh, but I, I finished, and he, he was very happy. Yeah, yeah. He was very happy, and uh, we talked. And such an easy person to talk to. He eventually came over to New York, and we went into a studio. Uh, Steve, him, and I. And my friend Robo Sachs came along uh-huh. and uh, the guy is such a genius in my prototype. He, he just pops it open. He pops and here's a fresh chip. And I'm like, <laughs> like, I don't know any of this stuff. <laughs> I literally got up at the Berkeley school of music a couple of years ago after playing. Uh, and I had the, the guys in front of me, they were both uh, EV players and said, they're talking about all the technical stuff, like how it's built, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, you want to get up and say something? And I'm like, oh. I get up there and I don't know any of the technical stuff. I, I, I just got up and I said, guys, I don't know anything about how it was built. Uh-huh. I'm just trying to learn how to play it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm just every day. It's, it's, it's a struggle. You know, you just try to do it justice. Yeah. Oh, well, sounds great. Um, now, um, I know, you know, I've been watching you, you picked it up a few times. Um, what sense do you like to drive with it? Now, if I need to edit this together a little bit, that'll be okay. Um, can you give us an example of some sounds that you can uh, perform on with that are just totally I unique? I, I wish I had set up more. I would have, I, I really set to do one thing right now because I'm using, but oh. I, I can tell you this. I, I mean, I love, if you have logic, yeah. You get main stage. A okay. Lot, now, main stage is, you know, the offshoot of logic. It's, it's yeah. that you get, if, if, if somebody's new to it, for whatever main stage costs, I think it's like 40 bucks. Uh, $30. Yeah. I've been looking at it. <laughs> yeah. You get all the sounds. Uh-huh. And, but what you need to accompany is, is Winston. There's a couple of people, Patchman Music. Uh-huh. Uh, they sell, um there for the uh for the es2 synthesizer that's included uh it's great i mean that's something like i'm using right now uh, actually no this is omnisphere i love like old moog sounding things okay let's hear and, it you know it sounds No trumpet. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, you can't do those too many octaves. Well, maybe you can. I can't. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, knock a tooth out. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so, um, but um, 
Omnisphere is another one that I've learned to use very productively. Um, with some great synthesizer sounds. I like sometimes I'll combine voices with it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and yeah, choral stuff, you know. Oh, yeah. I, have you tried anything with the, the rotator yet? The mini rotator, the, the parallel chords. It, it's cool. Yeah, I, I, re- I really haven't found a use for it. Uh-huh. I, I'll use the chordal um, features or I'll program chords in main stage. Uh-huh. Using, uh, there's a great chord program called Cthulhu. Okay. But but Mainstage also has a chord program. And huh. I usually trigger it from there, but the rotator's cool. It's a yeah. very uh it can be very randomized. Well, I know, like uh, one of the big things of uh, Brecker, Michael Brecker that was going oh. around with the original Rays, uh which was on one of his early seasons. That's the tune. That's the tune I was talking about. Oh record. okay. Yeah, um there's a guy from uh Eastern New York, I can't, uh, Western New York, I can't think of his name right now, uh, who trans- transcribed it and oh. transcribed the um, the um, uh, the rotation pattern. I don't know how he did that, but it was a lot of work. And there's a, um, a couple of videos of him playing the uh, cadenza to original rays, um, uh, which is just amazing. So, uh, you know, let me just get into what a rotator does is apparently, now correct me if I'm wrong, James, yeah. um, apparently um, what it does is it plays a, the, the main note that you finger, and then it picks off two other notes, um, and the middle note rotates it, it, as you play, as you change yeah. the fingering. It, yeah, it just kind of does like a, yeah, a it, ladder it, thing. Yeah, it, it just changes the chord. It, it's an amazing effect. Um I can't wait to try to figure out what the hell that's all about. <laughs> yeah, and it's not, and once again, you'll find it very easy to set it up because uh-huh. there's the LED on the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a pretty straightforward device. With the, with the MIDI EB, you had to, you used to have to program it blindly with fingerings. Okay, so you didn't always know if something was gonna, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just the finger. One of the things that I'm just kind of intrigued by again, keep going back to Michael Brecker because he's kind of like oh. the, um, he's kind of like the guru pioneer in all this. Still my uh, inspiration. Yeah, I, I'm, I first saw him do this at uh, Orchestra Hall in downtown Chicago. You know, he was with Herbie Hancock, Roy Hargrove, uh, and I forget who the other amazing band. And at one point he did like 20 minutes all by himself. And he's out there with a whole bunch of uh, kick pedal units and he starts looping things. Oh yeah. And he, and after a couple of minutes, it's not like a whole band that was just him up there and it was all live. It wasn't all, uh, it wasn't tracked. It was live. Um, have you done anything like that? Or do you know of any guys on Evie doing that? Uh, I, I don't. I, I I can't say. Uh, there's a guy, Matt Venuti, I think a, a West Coast guy, does some very interesting things. Okay. Um, he's done some stuff. Um, I'm I'm into. I'm starting to get into looping a little bit. Um, I, we my my friend Ro- Robosax, he does a lot of looping, and then we'll jam. Uh huh. Uh-huh. But the software, like Ableton Live, another. Okay. Okay. To, is is really kind of a cool thing uh, for an electronic musician, but a guy who wants to be creative in improv, because you can change things up. You could do loops, you can trigger things, uh, and it can be different every time. Which obviously, as a jazz player, is you know that's what we do. Nice to do. Um, and and it's kind. Of, yeah, is it electronic? Sure, but can it be very creative? Yeah, I love watching loopers do their thing because to me. It's very improvisational. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's improvisational in a different way. You're not blowing changes. You're picking patterns, and then you're blowing. You're blowing over it. Yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah. of a cool thing, I think. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's something I'm, I'm intrigued by. Does um, Main Stage do anything like that? Uh, Main Stage does have a looper. Um, I haven't tried it, um, but yeah, there is a looper, and uh, uh, it's like an, under the effects section, I believe. Mm-hmm. There's a looper um, that you can use. Now, when you go out, do you bring a computer with it or an iPad? Uh, a computer. A computer. So a Mac or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I have a Mac. I have a performance computer. Um, 
when I travel, like it, I usually, well, except for the zombie apocalypse that we're currently in. Yeah, really. Uh, <laughs> I, um, I play in Florida like two or three times a year, at least three, maybe four, mm-hmm. and at the NAMM show. Uh-huh. So what I'll do is I'll bring an interface because I also plug, it's not just my EB, uh, my flugelhorn will go through and use the effects. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, even just so it, it goes through the interface. So, okay. I'm, I'm, you know, uh, and I use a wireless mic or whatever I have. So uh-huh. it's actually for the EV and for my acoustic setup. Okay. So. Well, I'll circle back to the current events. Um, now, most of us have been just you know, sidelined by this uh, epidemic that's going on out there. Uh, I've not played a live gig since March 13th. That was my last live job. And uh, even then, I was... I was pretty nervous because the, you know, the things were starting to hit the fan and uh, I was in a room with hundreds, hundreds of uh, junior high kids, junior high band kids. And uh, uh, we were, I was with a, it was second line band. So we're playing some real nice funky stuff, but I was just like, Oh man, I, I, I'm kind of want to get out of here. And, but, but I, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Uh, unfortunately, I got what I wished for, and I have not been back in there, so to speak, since March 13th. How have you been handling everything out there? What's your school doing? You know, what's okay. going on with you? Oh, yeah. Last February was late February was my last gig. Uh, at least it was a, it was a, like a jazz orientated gig. Yeah, yeah. Maybe in Blueborn. Um the, the vocalist couldn't make it, so they asked me to. They needed some zip, and when I. People go nuts when you play the EV. I don't know what it is. I guess because it's, I'd like to think it's more than just because it's gimmicky looking, but whatever. So that was my last gig. Um, and who knew that schools were going to be shut out? Now, my school is unusual in that I'm one of the few schools on Long Island. There's about, about six that are actually, the kids are all back in. Yeah. Unfortunately, the governor has set forth rules about band. The kids can't play unless they're 12 feet apart. So good luck having a band class. Yeah. Yeah. We can. The only thing I can do right now is we're have, finally we have lessons. Okay. But I can only have like four or five kids at a pop. Okay. Okay. But it's something, you know, at least I'm trying to keep the kids playing for me personally. I have to admit, I've been telling people like this first time I'm a little, you know, I've been a little depressed, you know, Like, like you feel it like a little bit, you know, I've been feeling pretty low myself. I'm, I've been going to Zoom meetings with a, a bunch of other musicians just to feel like, you know, pretend I'm getting out of the house. Yeah, right? <laughs> you know? yeah, exactly. Um, you, know, you know, it's just, uh, it's kind of crazy. Um, hopefully the end is in sight, but wow, it's been tough. Um, yeah. Are you doing any virtual dance? Uh, nothing virtual. I, the only thing I've been doing, I've, been, I've slowly working on my next album. Um, you know, I released the latest thing is now let's, let's make a cool YouTube video of your, (laughs) um, and, um, (laughs) I wrote the the first tune that's going to be on the album. It's called abstract suburbia done Uh mixed engineered. So they made a video to it. It's on YouTube. I'm sure the, the, the video, I don't like the video. Uh (laughs) The, the tune came out pretty cool. Uh-huh. Uh, but I don't like watching the video, but people like videos. So well, during this whole funky thing, that that's what, you know, my friend Robo, he's, he's just a master of everything. So he put together a video. Uh-huh. So are uh-huh. these two songs that are done. The second one was a big EV thing. I wrote, my parents are no longer on the earth, unfortunately, even gone. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, uh, so I, I wrote a, I wrote a thing for them and I was all by myself because I, I was originally going to have a couple of my friend horn players while I play the EV and the drum. So I did it all on my own. I said, you know what? It's June. We're stuck in the house. So I pro I played the keyboards myself. Uh-huh. I played all the horn parts with some flugelhorn and some, mo- I did model, I modeled trombones, French horns mm-hmm. and saxophone. I just did it all on my own. I said, you know what? Let me see what it sounds like. They're not playing leads. So, and if anybody says, oh, did you use synth horns? I said, yeah, I did. So what? It's <laughs> Give me a break. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm yeah. just trying to make something happen. So um, I took all the score and I printed out all the parts and I just started recording them. 
Uh-huh. And um, I had a couple of my sax player friends make sure they listened to them to make sure that I didn't sound like a, you know, dumb trying to emulate a saxophone. <laughs> uh, and they're like, you did pretty good with the key noise, the click noise. I go, thanks. Oh, wow. That's really um, impressive. Yeah. So, yeah. So try to keep busy. As an Evie player, uh, is has word gotten around that you play Evie and you find yourself getting called for gigs or opportunities that um, nobody else would get because you're an Evie player? Yeah, I um, I definitely have gotten some gigs over the years from, from playing Evie um, in the, well, in the early 2000s when I was playing the Steiner mini Evie. Um, there was a before tribute bands became a rash around uh, the United yeah. States, uh, I was asked to be in a, a, a Sting, a police tribute band. <laughs> I love the music of Sting. And I'm like, great. Yeah. That'd be killer. Um, and I got to play flute. It was a dream gig. I got to play flugelhorn and Evie. And, you know, depending on what I played harmonica, I played horn stuff. I got to blow on Evie. I even got to do electric guitar solos because they found it was like a nice novelty. Uh-huh, and we, uh-huh. were, we played the Hard Rock Cafe in New York City. We were playing gigs all over the place. Yeah. And I think that part of the reason why I got the gigs, the EV playing. That's wasn't cool. just, you know, you know, and stuff like that. You know, like my last gig I just told you, and definitely for EV, going out to the NAM show, definitely EV. But what, yeah. what I think is, from what people tell me, is I really write music for it. Like I... Okay. You know, okay. Uh, and I and I, I know there's people that do it. Um, I I just see a lot of people emulating. Okay. And I think a lot of people, like, there's a couple of people like you've already mentioned, like Jack. Man, what a great, he's such a great guy, mm-hmm. great player. Mm-hmm. Just just yeah. uh, so, such a nice community that it is. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. They've shared with me, you know, uh, via message is that it's nice to have somebody that's actually writing for the instrument. Yeah, yeah. Instead of just like, oh, well, I think I'll replace my flugelhorn with the EV. No, I'm actually writing it. Okay, okay. EV, so. so the the ideas are conceived up for the EV. Yeah. Right. Okay. Now, one of the things I like to ask, because again, um, uh, I promote this show on music education forums and things of that nature. Um, this is the 21st century where professional musicians trying to survive and during a very bizarre time. Yes. Um, how would, you know, and you're a teacher. So what would you say to students that, look, I want to be a professional musician. Um, how, what do you tell them as are the necessary skill sets that they should develop to be able to survive uh, and put food on the table as it were as a professional musician in the 21st century? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I had to put food on the table being just a player for, you know, seven, eight years just doing that. But um, that's a great question. Uh, first thing I would say is, is is learn your main instrument well. Okay. Don't underestimate the art of just getting in a little practice a day. Doesn't always, you know, I always see students, they figure if they practice two hours on Monday and then they leave it till the weekend. I say, no, it's far better to practice a half hour each day than it is to practice an hour or two one day and then leave it for five or seven days. Yeah. Yeah. Consistency is, is the best that to me, first off, consistency uh-huh. on your instrument, learn how to play piano. Okay. Don't be afraid to improvise. Um, there's a lot of music educators um, I, I notice I, I, I didn't major in music ed, I, you know, so, but I don't be afraid to improvise kids. When you, when you, when I'm in front of a jazz band <laughs> and it's not my, like it's an all County band, or maybe it's a, a friend's jazz band who asked me to come in and I say the word improvise. <laughs> oh man. You get uh-huh. someone like the, like, I want to, I, I don't like you anymore, sir. Could you <laughs> in the room? And um, so don't be afraid to improvise. You know, I take, st- I have a, I have a method that I use with improvising that hopefully makes it a little less, less stressful, at least for the first couple of times. So do not get the dirty looks, play classical music. I was glad, cla- you know, people say, you know, jazz, jazz, jazz. I said, no, I, I, I classical music is where it's at. You got to learn how to, that's your technique. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, and learn how to play everything. Um, listen, something, I think that was one of my weaknesses. I, I, I'm, I'm a very big into seventies fusion as a jazz player. I think the thing I learned when I first got to college was I, I was listening to just a few people, but boy, did my world open up, you know, mm-hmm. when you start bouncing ideas off other people, like I was yeah. very into Chuck Mangione, still am, love him. Great uh-huh. guy. Unfortunately, he's a Yankee fan. So if you ever listen to this, <laughs> the Yankee fan, which we did, that's what we disagree on. I'm a Met fan. Um, but listen to as many people. And this is what I'm stressing with my students now. Yeah. YouTube. I didn't have YouTube when I was their age. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, you can see anything. If you want to go see who Buddy Rich was, you can just, boom, boom, type it in. There is Buddy Rich. Okay. You know, um, there's Michael Brecker. I show yeah. my jazz saxophone players the Michael Brecker videos. You know, uh, look what he's doing. You know, it's just, it's easy to do. Uh-huh. You know? well, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Listen, I mean, I, I'm probably not, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not breaking any ground with my technique here, but uh, it's really the same. Be consistent with your instrument, learn how to play the piano, listen, and don't be afraid to try things. That's really the okay, great ideas, man. All right, James, about uh, we're running uh, up to the end of my uh, little conversation with you here. Uh, Tell me what you're up to. You got a new CD you're working on. Uh, uh, so what's yeah. your website? Tell me everything, you know, promote. <laughs> uh, well, www.jamesingenito.com. Um, you can find me on Facebook, James Ingenito. Um, I have an artist page link to that. Um, lots of YouTube. You can find James. It's really not hard. James and an Italian last name, Ingenito. <laughs> find me all over YouTube for better and for worse. Um, and uh, right, yeah, right now working on a new, slowly but surely working on a new recording. You okay. know. And now, how do you spell Ingenito for those of oh. us for those of us who are unwashed here? Oh, I didn't know you were going <laughs> to put. I didn't know there were going to be spelling questions. Uh, <laughs> thank you for not. Well, at least it's not math questions. Uh, <laughs> my last name is I N. G-E-N-I-T-O. There you go. So jamesandzanito.com. Um, I'd like to play another one of your tunes. This is um, <laughs> Red Bull Junkie. Tell us about that tune. Well, uh, a summer of uh, of doing a lot of club dates, my saxophone player and I are between here, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. We lived on Red Bulls. <laughs> and let me tell you what happens after two weeks of drinking Red Bulls and playing gigs. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, it's not good. <laughs> I will leave it at that. So um, on these club dates, we were doing a lot of funk and some disco stuff. And it was fun stuff. So it's kind of, I don't want to say I'm mocking disco because somebody will get mad at me. But it's, a, it's kind of having fun with yeah. funk and disco with a bridge. I put my own bridge in there and uh, I, it's really, it's one of those songs I have to practice myself if I'm going to perform it anytime soon, because it's actually very hard to play. It's kind of Stevie wonder on Red Bull at the beginning. <laughs> and uh, um, I go a little nuts on the solo section. Okay. So I, I hope I don't offend anybody. Oh, I'm sure it's great. Uh, folks, let's give a listen to Red Bull Junkie.
Well, James, man, I can't thank you enough for talking with me today, uh, particularly in the <laughs> in the confines of my basement and COVID. It's nice to talk to another human being. <laughs> so thank you for joining us today. Oh, man, Nick, I, I, I'm honored that you asked me. I'm a big fan of yours. Well, thank years you. listening to you play, and uh, it's, uh, it, it's, real, it's a real pleasure to come and talk to another musician. Yeah. And if you ever need any help with Evie... Uh, I will do my best to help you if it makes oh, sense. Uh, you're probably going to be hearing from me. Mark Steiner is going to get be get sick of me. So. Oh, Mark. <laughs> Mark's my favorite crazy man on Evian. Yeah, yeah, he's one of my favorites. What a great guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, James, thank you, and have a great life, man. Thanks, Nick. You too. Once again, I'd like to thank James Ingenito for chatting with me. I find our conversation really very enlightening and a lot of fun. I'm also thrilled to hear the new Evie from Berglund Instruments in Sweden is getting used so wonderfully. And hopefully it will become even more popular. As came out in the conversation with James, I am joining the ranks of new Evie users myself. I found the pristine one, about a year old, uh, online, and I am just beginning to work it out. It's a very complex and flexible de- device, and there's really a lot to explore. And by the way, anybody who thinks this thing is cheating, I invite you to play one. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Well, that's it for the show. Stay tuned for more and be sure to check out our past shows. There's so much you can learn from my previous guests. Till the next program, this is your friendly neighborhood studio man, Nick Draws Up, saying, don't stop the music. Peace. Peace.